Our episodes contain graphic information that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Would you like some murder with your coffee? Welcome to Morning Murders Espresso Shot! I'm Nicole. I'm Amanda. And I'm Brenna. We're just three gals who love to sit around, drink espressos, and talk about true crime. True crime. True crime. And murder and movies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) It's been awesome doing all this Ted Bundy stuff, uh, but sometimes I just need to hear about a different type of monster. A different one. Yeah. Yeah. Different human creature monster. I got a story for you. Oh, Amanda, I can't wait. Hell yeah. So, my caffeinated cohorts. Have either of you heard of a town named Forest Green? Oh. No. No, I can't say that I have. No. But I hope it's green. And I Uh, hope there's a forest. (laughs) I do believe it has both of those things. Hell yeah. There's a little bit for everybody. Yay. But before we dive in, I want to give our beans an extra trigger warning. This story will be gory and graphic. So maybe finish up breakfast first and just like stick with coffee for this episode. (laughs) Yeah, beans. Beans. Yeah, beans. The little town of Forest Green, New Jersey has a bit of a sordid history. And you may want to pay close attention because we will mention a lot of names in this episode. But for now, we're going to try and focus on just one of its residents. His name is Tommy Jarvis, and he is a patient at Pinehurst Halfway House. Tommy was hoping for a fresh start and to put his childhood demons behind him. He'd been to multiple mental health facilities throughout the years, but nothing seemed to be a good fit. Pinehurst was different, though. This wasn't some scary hospital where he was constantly locked down and watched. Here, the residents had freedom to express themselves while being a support group for each other. It was all quite lovely and peaceful. That is, until one day when resident Vic Faden was out chopping wood and was interrupted with an array of questions from sweet, simple Joey Burns. In a sudden fit of rage, Vic hacked Joey to death with an axe. Oh my what? gosh. He was just, you know, just chopping wood, chopping wood, chopping Joey, chopping wood, <laughs> chopping <laughs> your computer. Chopping the computer. Yeah. That's chopping funny. the mic. Well, I mean, you already have it in your hands. Like, you know, yeah. right. just you gotta just... use the tools that God has given you. Yes. Literally. Two two birds, one axe. One axe. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. So the EMTs were called, but they were met with a gruesome scene and no way to help the poor boy. Vic was taken off to prison, and the residents of Pinehurst are left to try and process what just happened. But later that night, more strange, violent deaths would occur throughout Forest Green. There were two boys named Vinny and Pete, whose car broke down on the side of the road. Vinny got out to look under the hood, while Pete kept trying to rev the engine. At one point, Vinny turns to see who he thinks is Pete walking towards him through the darkness with a lit flare. He tells him to stop messing around and come help him. But suddenly, the person shoves the flare down Vinny's throat. Oh, okay. my. Oh, Fuck my. yeah. Now, Pete, having his view blocked by the open hood, still in the car, gets frustrated and starts yelling to Vinny to hurry up. And then out of nowhere, a hand reaches around Pete from the back seat and slits his throat. Ooh. Oh my god, these last two, these two dudes, like, last thoughts were just, like, mad thoughts about their friend. Just like, hurry up, bro! God, you're a jerk. Just mad at their friend. Dead. Don't get mad at your friends. Yeah. That's your final sip. (laughs) 
Wait, we haven't gotten there yet. Don't cue the music, Nicole. Okay, sorry. Great episode of Hannah. Thanks, guys. This has been another episode. Espresso shot. Can you tell we're, again, highly caffeinated? Yes. All right. The very next night, a diner waitress and her boyfriend are axed to death for seemingly no reason at all. Just right outside the diner. A few days later, Eddie and Tina, two residents of Pinehurst, decide to sneak off for a romantic rendezvous. They end up finding a hidden away spot on their neighbor Ethel's property. She has a large farm that she and her son and a farmhand, Raymond Joffroy, upkeep. Well, Raymond happened to be watching the young couple from the bushes. Rare. When suddenly, a long machete was driven through him. Oh my god. Immediately after, that same assailant came across naked Tina and drove gardening shears through her eyes. Naked? Yeah, because they had just done it. She was naked and afraid. And she was so, like, happy. She was just, like, looking (laughs) off and, like, mmm, I'm so in love. I'm just so naked. No more eyes. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus. Then Eddie comes back from rinsing off in the lake and stumbles across this <laughs> horrific scene. He backs up to a tree to try to contain his composure when all of a sudden a belt is garroted so tightly around his head and eyes, his skull is crushed in. Oh my Ooh. god. This town. Meanwhile, <laughs> a boy named Demon and his girlfriend have come home to visit. So his little brother is Reggie, who lives at Pinehurst with his grandfather. And his grandfather runs, like, the kitchen and helps around the house. Oh, house. nice. Oh, so gotcha. these are all people from the same Pinehurst. Jesus. So he was um, too busy to take, Grandpa was, too busy to take Reggie into town to see Demon. So Tommy and another employee, Pam, offer to take him. They all get enchiladas. It's a wholesome good time, that is. Until Tommy got in a fight with Ethel's son at the restaurant. That's the next door neighbor's son. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was like embarrassed by what he had done and he ran off into the woods dramatically. So Pam and Reggie were forced to end the night and go look for him. So a few hours later, Damon was feeling the effects of the heavy food and needed to use the outhouse. They were staying in his van because mm. it was, you know, the 80s. Oh, it yeah. is van life. His super dope van. While waiting outside for him, Damon's girlfriend has her throat slashed. Then the attacker begins to stab the outhouse with a machete until they're able to stab Damon through the chest. <laughs> but things don't stop there. Of course not. Pam and Reggie eventually go back to Pinehurst without Tommy. Like, they went looking for him, they can't find him, so they're like, we'll just go back, eventually he'll be there. But now Reggie's grandpa and Matt, who's a doctor and head of the Youth Development Center, are nowhere to be found. So this is somebody either in, so it's not it's not just somebody in town, it's somebody that has something to do with the halfway house that's involved with this some way, maybe? We don't know. We don't know. So At this point. Just, yeah, as far as they know... It is, however, happening to people who are attached to the Pinehurst home. Yes. That's so, yeah, I would imagine once these once these things become discovered, you become so terrified because you're like, I live, someone that I live with is killing everybody. Yeah, but yeah. this is all happening, like, within a night. So, so you don't have time, oh, right, yeah, right, you right, don't right, have time to night. know that this is happening or oh process this. This is happening. God. Oh my god. To be the first person to come upon all this and go like, oh, whoops. <laughs> what oh, did I So Pam goes out to look for um, Grandpa and Matt and leaves Reggie in the hands of residents Violet, Jake, and Robin. So Reggie eventually falls asleep, but he wakes up when Pam returns. Together, they discover the bodies of the three others who were supposed to be watching him Mm -hmm. slaughtered in Tommy's room. Mm. Oh, no. But 
Just as things were looking bad for Tommy, a masked man bursts through the front door. Pam and Reggie run for their lives to the barn, stumbling across the bodies of Matt and Grandfather oh, along the no, way. God. At this moment, Tommy finally returns. He grabs the attacker and is able to throw him from the loft window onto a tractor harrow tool, killing him instantly. Dope. Okay. Yeah. Good. So in true Scooby-Doo fashion, the kids take off his mask to learn that it was really... The town's EMT, Roy Burns, the entire time. The EMT? Yes, that Roy Burns who was first on the scene when Joey was hacked to death by Vic Faden. Damn. Yes, the Roy Burns who is the father of the victim, Joey Burns. Oh, Oh, shit. So he was first on the scene to his own son. Ugh, well, that's one way to cover your tracks. threw him into a frenzy. Jesus. But see, it turns out that Roy was just posing as another killer. Oh my god. Okay, so somebody killed his son. He was the first person on the scene. Vic Faden from the school, yes, killed his son. Okay. And he was the first person on the scene. So then he was like, everyone has to die. Everyone has to die. And you know what? To make it look like I didn't do it, I'm going to pose as this other killer. Ah! One that the people of Forest Green thought was long gone. Oh my god. And buried in the town cemetery. What? But to tell that monster story... We need to go way back to 1957. Ooh, summer love. At the time, Forest Green went by another name, Crystal Wake. And it was home to Incredible Summer Camp, one that had been family-owned and operated since 1935. Mm. Oh. This year, the owners, Mr. and Mrs. Christie, hired a new chef named Pamela Voorhees. She was a single mom, having left her abusive husband, Elias, to give her son a better chance at life. Her son, Jason, was born on either June, September, or December 13th, 1946. I saw multiple conflicting articles. He was born with hydrocephalus, which according to the Mayo Clinic is the buildup of fluid in the cavities or ventricles deep within the brain. So the excess fluid increases the size of the ventricles and puts pressure on the brain. Mm. From what I read, it kind of affects each child differently when it comes to like how they will develop mentally. Physically, you will see an oversized head, sometimes even a protruding hard fontanelle. It also gets so large that it can pull the eyelids upward, causing what they call sunset eyes, because you can see their pupils at the bottom and all the white over the top, resembling a sunset. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So Pamela had always homeschooled Jason. She felt that she was protecting him from the cruelties of the world. When she got her new job, the owners were kind enough to let her bring him along. But she didn't really let him play with the other kids that much. You know, he mostly just stuck by her side. Mm. But one fateful night in 1957, her son went out to prove to some kids who were bullying him that he could swim and ended up, allegedly, drowning in the lake. His mother blamed the counselors who were supposed to be watching him, but instead were partying and having sex. Counselors. Like you do. Like you do. (laughs) So, a year after Jason's drowning, Pamela murdered the two counselors in cold blood. Camp Crystal Lake was shut down, seemingly forever. But in 1978, Steve Christie, the son of the original owners, tried to renovate and reopen. Mm -hmm. He got a few counselors together who were going to get there uh, in the weeks prior and help get everything ready for the kids. Pamela hears about the reopening and is enraged. On her way to the camp, she happens upon a counselor who's on her way up. She offers to give her a ride and swiftly kills her. (gasps) Then Pamela reaches the camp and proceeds to kill each counselor one by one. Oh my. 
However, one brave teen, Alice Hardy, is able to fight her off and ultimately decapitates her with a machete. Oh, nice. Oh, man. So Alice ends up collapsing from exhaustion into a canoe and slowly drifts into the lake. When she awakens, the police are there, ready to rescue her. But suddenly, a bald, mangled boy leaps up from the depths of the lake and pulls her under the water. (gasps) The police are able to save her. But even after sweeping the lake, they never find the boy. Oh, no. So apparently, Jason never drowned at all. Instead, he made a life for himself in the nearby woods, surviving on whatever he could. Obviously, he did nothing but work out. I mean, like, uh, right. the man, like, busts through doors like nothing, picks up people <laughs> by their necks with one hand. Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. he was getting swole as fuck. So there's not swole. a lot else to do in the woods, you know? Right. Yeah. You get swole. So, not having any real perception of the outside world, uh, he figured he would just stay put. Surely his devoted mother would come find him soon. Aww. Oh man. It's <laughs> yes. a little sad. But it wasn't until 20 years later that he would see her again, only for her to be slain by Alice. Eesh. Devastated by Pamela's death, Jason took her severed head and sweater and made a makeshift shrine inside his living quarters. Well, that's nice. Yeah. He finds Alice Hardy. And slaughters her with an ice pick to the temple, but he's not even close to being done. Five years later, Paul Holt opened up a training camp for counselors on the shores of Crystal Lake, right near the infamous camp. Because they need training, man. Yeah, how to survive. Well, I mean, (laughs) apparently they have to be trained to do their job because kids die, (laughs) die, and then parents seek revenge. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna learn from our mistakes. Yeah. We're gonna train some counselors, uh, and he gets everyone around the fire the first night to tell them the lore of the little boy of the lake, Jason Voorhees. And that night, Crazy Ralph, who warned them back in 1979 not to reopen the camp, was wandering around the property. He's crazy. It's just what he does. Oh, nice. Yeah. Everyone needs a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's constantly been warning them, but they don't listen. But before he can warn the teens. He's garroted from behind a tree. Mm. Sound familiar? Mm. The next morning, Jeff and Sandra sneak off to see Camp Crystal Lake, but get caught by Deputy Winslow. Afterwards, Winslow sees a man with a burlap sack over his head wandering into the woods. He follows him to his shack, but gets bludgeoned to death with a hammer claw. Mm. Guys, don't follow people in burlap sack masks. Yeah. No, <laughs> he's not up to any, no one's up to any good wearing a burlap sack over their head. Also, mind your fucking business. Let a man go into the woods with a burlap sack. Like, come you on. Know. Just mind your business. <laughs> no, Yeah, jeez. <laughs> so Paul offered the counselors one last night of fun out on the town before they, like, officially get to work the next day. Um, I think that's when, like, the kids were coming. Mm. So six decide not to go, and then Jeff and Sandra are forced to stay as punishment for sneaking off earlier. Ah. So at one point, Scott is walking in the woods and gets caught in a rope trap. Jason comes up behind him and slits his throat. Terry stumbled across Scott's dangling corpse and was suddenly attacked, sustaining blunt force trauma to the head. Jason then finds Mark and hits him with such force that his machete gets stuck in his face and he's pushed backwards down a flight of stairs in his wheelchair. He's in a wheelchair. Oh, no. sucks. As uh, Sandra and Jeff make love upstairs, they are impaled with a spear. Just how like did he get upstairs? Boom, dunk. He's everywhere, man. No, no. How does the wheelchair get upstairs? No, no, no. That was Mark was in the wheelchair. Oh, I thought you said. 
No, no, no. And then he got pushed down the stairs, and I was like, how did he get upstairs in his wheelchair? No, it's actually like an out, he's pushed down like an outdoor set of stairs. Oh, gotcha, he's like, gotcha, gotcha. It's like a park kind of looking thing. Out, but like, it's not, it's like, you would take the stairs down to the lake. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I was like, how did he do that? No, no, no. Sorry, I told you, there's a lot of names. It's really hard to keep everyone straight. Okay. But yeah, okay. So Sandra and Jeff mm-hmm. doing it, doing impaled it. by a spear, like up through the bottom of the bed. Ah. Um, and Vicky is stabbed with the kitchen knife. A sex kebab. That's, I was like, oh. what's that word, kebab? <laughs> Band name. Sex, sex kebab. kebab. All right. Band write that name. For later. It's my final sip. Okay, no, don't, don't play the music. Finally. Ginny and Paul arrive back from their trip to town. They left Ted behind at the bar. Shortly after their arrival, Jason ambushes Paul, but then drops him to chase Ginny into the woods. She came upon his shack with his altar, which displayed his mother's decapitated head and sweater that she died in. Mm. This is where she gets the idea to put on the sweater and use Jason's delusional state to her advantage. She acts like his mother, telling him to stop. Like, you don't want to do this. And he's like, oh, it's my mom. She's saying not to do it. And it almost worked for a second. But Jason gets a glimpse of his mother's severed head behind her and quickly snaps back into reality. I see she should have put the head on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Head on a head. See, she she didn't commit to the bit. She didn't commit to to the the bit. (laughs) All right. So Paul comes to her aid, but Jason knocks him out again. He's about to kill Paul with a pickaxe when Ginny stabs him in the shoulder with his machete and she he falls to the ground, giving the kids a chance to escape. But at the break of dawn, an unmasked, deformed Jason stirs and pulls the machete out of his arm. He wanders to a nearby store, seemingly looking for a change of clothes or a mask or whatever, uh, and he ends up slaughtering the owners, Harold and Edna. Aw, Harold, Edna. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's this group of kids were coming up to the area to stay at their friend Chris Higgins' old home on Crystal Lake. Uh, they call the house Higgins Haven. It's been a few years since Chris has had the courage to go back since two years prior, a mangled man had tried to attack her there. Hmm. So the group included Chris Higgins and her friends Debbie, Andy, Shelly, Vera, Chuck, and Chili. We're going to leave their last names out to protect their identities. Uh, on the drive up... They get into an altercation with a group of bikers at a convenience store, and things get heated. The bikers end up following them to Higgins Haven, siphoning the gas out of their van, and even trying to burn their barn down. What the fuck? Oh my god. (laughs) But when they enter the barn, Jason's already inside. He murders two of them with a pitchfork, and then brutally beats the third until they are unconscious. The bikers? Yeah. Okay. So inside the house... Shelly scares one of the other girls while wearing a hockey mask and then wanders off to the barn. (laughs) Eager Jason is still waiting and swiftly slashes her throat. He then grabs her mask to conceal his identity and exits the barn. Wow. (laughs) So we've we've graduated from a burlap sack. Mm -hmm. Now we have a hockey mask. mask. Excellent. The hockey mask. Protect your face. Protect it. So, Vera is outside by the dock and is suddenly shot through the eye with a spear gun. Jason then enters the house and bisects Andy with a machete mid-handstand. Oh, hell yeah. Like, I'm Andy's sorry. in a handstand, and and the machete goes from, like, scrot to throat. Yep, scrot to throat. Mm-hmm. God, that's ah. a good one. Ah. <laughs> so glad you're here for me. <laughs> I was, I was like, what am I going to... 
There it is. Yeah. Scruff. He spit them at it twice. It's rough. It's rough. <laughs> okay, then, so, so Debbie missed the ruckus because she was in the shower. Once she's done, she goes out to the hammock to relax, and Jason takes a machete and thrusts it through Debbie from underneath her like a skewer again. Aww, I just imagine he's hungry. I just like that's it. I just like him like laying down and like rolling underneath these things to like get or like dun, scooching. Dun, dun, yeah, dun, like I am Jason Voorhees. Yeah. <laughs> well, fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah, he's like Voorhees. like a burrito. He's like yeah. He's like I gotta. He's just like gonna kill. Yeah. Gonna kill machete. All right. Yeah. He's just like he, he, he like scooching on his back underneath him. <laughs> like and I he, hope he giggles. Yeah, he's like. <laughs> goes out to the house. So Chuck goes down to the basement to investigate. And yep, you guessed it. Jason's already down there. The massive Jason picks Chuck up and hurls him into the fuse box, electrocuting him. Chili goes looking for his friends, only to find them all dead. And then he gets impaled with a hot fire poker. Chili. He's not chili anymore. Hey, <laughs> he's the red hot chili, chili poker. poker. Ah! <laughs> ah! <laughs> now, Rick and Chris have been elsewhere when this all happened. Okay, Rick's, okay, and then there's Chris that's so it's her house, and Rick is her boyfriend, and they were like, oh, I'm getting groceries or something. I don't know. Whatever. Sure. Rick's car broke down on their way back, though. They were forced to walk all the way back to Higgins Haven. So they get there to find the place torn apart with all their friends brutally murdered. Rick goes to investigate, but is immediately grabbed by Jason, who crushes his skull so hard in his bare hands that one of Rick's eyes pop out. Oh, that's nice. Swole. Mm -hmm. Swole. Swole. Jason then uh, goes for Chris, who tries to flee in her van, but the gas was siphoned out by the bikers. Oh, the bikers. So she runs into the barn and is able to get a shovel to defend herself. She strikes Jason over the head, knocking him out. Then she strings him up and hangs him. Just to make sure. Yeah, you got it. Double tap. Yeah, double tap. Um, were the bikers' motorcycles still there? Were their bikes still around? Maybe. They, yeah. But I don't know if she would know how. Didn't seem like a motorcycle-y chick. But good to know that you would just take a motorcycle. That's what Brenna Bye. Yeah, that's, well, I was gonna, my, my final tip is get a motorcycle. Just take a class. Don't put a motorcycle right. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Cue the music. I'm not done yet. Okay. Okay. It's so good. We're not even close to being done. This yet, is so you guys. awesome. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, being that he is a full on monster, uh, this doesn't kill Jason right away, like the hanging. So, she's able to remove his mask. And that's when Chris realizes that this was the same man that attacked her two years prior. At this moment, that biker that had just been beaten up regains consciousness. Hmm. They try to attack Jason, but they do not succeed. Hmm. However, this gives Chris the opportunity to grab an axe and drive it into Jason's skull. Police arrive the next morning to find Chris floating in a canoe on the lake. Oh. Jason's body is retrieved and taken to the morgue. But that night, uh, coroner Axel Burns and nurse Robbie Morgan are getting frisky in the morgue right next to Jason's corpse. Because hot. <laughs> <laughs> what turns me on are corpses. <laughs> yes. So suddenly, he gets up off the table and slaughters the lovers, escaping into the night. The following day, another group of teens is packed up in the car. Head to Crystal Lake for the weekend. Boop, cycle continues. Inside this car were Paul, Sam, Sarah, Doug, Jimmy, and Ted. Not their real names to protect the innocent. 
Yeah, they meet sense. their <laughs> they meet their lovely neighbor Trish Jarvis and her brother Tommy Jarvis. Oh, huh. And they run into twins Tina and Terry Moore and decide to go skinny dipping with their new friends. Because uh, that's what you do to bond. Yeah, skinny teenagers dipping. and hormones. Hey, I just met you. Let's get naked in the lake. You guys don't get naked as soon as you make a friend. I mean, you know, I I did. <laughs> 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 Buy me, buy me hot chocolate first. Yeah, just no. hot chocolate. You get naked in the lake. It's right. I it's hear hot. they're cold. I'm from the desert. I don't know. <laughs> they're cold. <laughs> so Trish and Tommy come across the naked teens while walking their dog, Gordon. Trish, mortified, tries to quickly take Tommy back to the car. Uh, but before she can turn him away, the kids invite her to a party that night. They're like, hey, wait, where are you going? You're kind of cute. You want a party? Cool. Get we'll be naked. in the house across the way. Great. It's a naked party. Naked party. <laughs> party being naked. All right. On their way back home, though, Trisha's car breaks down. A young camper named Rob Dyer comes to their aid, and they let him come back to their house to clean up, get a meal, meet the mom. You know, normal stranger you just met stuff. <laughs> he ends up not staying too long and heads out to go on his original planned camping trip. So he's not a creep. That night, the kids have their party as planned. At one point, Sam walks outside and heads to the lake to cool off. She saw her friend Tina flirting with her boyfriend, Paul, and she needed a minute, right? Not just, like, physically cool off and mentally cool off. Mm. I need a minute. I need a minute. (laughs) She goes out into the lake uh, on a raft, and Jason impales her from underneath. Where's that? What's that skewer name? Give me a cute skewer for being skewered on a boat, on a raft. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Kebab. A uh, boat kebab. Nope. Raftybob. Raftybob. <laughs> <laughs> He's in a raft. She's on a raft? Yeah. What was he doing underwater? He's such a silly boy. He can do what he wants. He's a, he really can't. He's like, I love, he always comes from below. Below. Hey. Below. below. It'll, um, talk about raft services. Am I right? Craft services. There it is. Craft services. (laughs) Woo! Okay, we got there. We got there. I'm tired now. I have to take a nap. Okay. (laughs) So, Paul actually comes out to apologize to her, but he is shot in the groin with a harpoon gun. Ah, appropriate, cheater. Yeah. Yeah. Terry is over the drama and tries to leave early. She, God, people uh, are getting shot. I'm so over the drama. I'm <laughs> so done. She goes I, to get on her bike, but Jason stabs her with a spear. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tina and Jimmy hook up afterwards, uh, and Jimmy goes to the kitchen to open up a bottle of wine. There, he is met by a towering Jason who drives a corkscrew into Jimmy's hand and then stabs him in the face with a meat cleaver. Cool. Aww. Tenderized. Mmm, so tender. Man, just kill me. Don't do something to me first. Like, you know, like his hand, he could have just taken the thing to the face, but no. But you know, Brad, but, that's really selfish of you. Jason's trying to have fun as he murders these people. I okay. Guess he's right. just trying to express his creativity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah murder. Come on, you're an artist. And you're stifling that. <laughs> I know, I'm being so, so rude. <laughs> okay, so back upstairs. I don't know why I'm still doing this voice. Back I love upstairs. it. <laughs> We lose so many listeners after that voice. Okay, so back upstairs. <clears throat> Tina is standing, looking out the window, when Jason picks her up and hurls her through the glass and onto the car two stories below. <gasps> hey, oh. another two-story window throw. Yay. Oh, nice. 
So meanwhile, Ted has been watching movies and apparently because he's high, he decides to get way too close to the screen. He is then stabbed with a knife through the screen. It's like a movie screen, a silk screen from the other side. He like gets up in it and then boom, knife to the face. What a waste of a screen. Seriously. But also, good aim. Good aim. Right? Because like the shadow, you get like, it's like a depth perception thing. So I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's impressive. But so this whole time, this whole time this is all happening, Doug and Sarah have been hooking up in the shower. So presumably they didn't hear anything because of the water. Jason enters, throwing Doug to the ground, cracking his skull on the tile. Sarah tries to escape, but Jason is able to kill her with an axe to the chest. Around this time, Trish and Tommy can't find their mother. They go to investigate. Not having any luck, Trish goes to find Rob at his nearby campsite. This is where we learn that Rob is here to avenge his sister's death. You see, his sister is Sandra, the kebab. Oh! Yeah, she was impaled while making love to her boyfriend two years back. Mm. Um, He lets her know that Jason is very much alive and he has come to have his revenge. Worried about Tommy, the two run back to the house, but find him unharmed. They then go next door to check on the teens, but they find them all dead. In the basement of Higgins Haven, Rob is finally face-to-face with Jason. He doesn't stand a chance, though, and the enormous monster kills him right in front of Trish. She grabs Rob's machete and heads back to her house to go check on her brother, Tommy. But this little smarty had a plan of his own. When Jason enters the house and tries to attack his sister, Tommy comes to the rescue. You see... He had found Rob's newspaper clippings that he kept about Jason and the previous murders. Because he's a snoopy little kid. So Tommy haphazardly shapes his head and fixes himself to look like a young Jason Voorhees. Upon seeing him, Jason is entranced just long enough for Trish to get a good swing at him with the machete. But she misses. Mm. She does, however, end up knocking off his mask, exposing his horrific features. This startles her, and she drops the machete, but Tommy's right on it. He picks up the machete and stabs Jason as hard as he can. Tommy and Trish are hugging in relief when Jason tries to reanimate. Tommy grabs the machete and stabs Jason repeatedly over and over and over and over and over just to make sure he's really gone. So the tragic events of this night change Tommy Jarvis forever. And as I mentioned, when we first met him, he had still been trying to get the correct treatment for this childhood trauma. Right. Woo! Okay. I know that was a little lengthy. You still, you're here? Great. Okay. Incredible. All right. The plot twist. Jason's corpse would be dug up by grave robbers, revived by lightning, and would go on to commit about a hundred more murders over the next decade. God damn it, oh, Jason. <laughs> Some of the more gruesome killings included victims being impaled through the mouth with a fence post, throats impaled with a camping steak spike thingy. Uh, basically, his signature move was impaling people, followed closely by hacking them with his signature machete. Wednesdays, so, like, am I right? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Wednesdays. Wednesdays. He, I love, like... The first thought I had when you were like, lightning brought him back to life, I was like, oh, God wants him alive. <laughs> God was like, God was like, you're not done yet, buddy. Like, wee! Like, yeah. Zeus was just like, lightning, come on. <laughs> Any God was like, you're back. Yeah, I mean, finish what you started. Yeah. Aries is like, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> but don't worry. 
Jason does repeatedly get what's coming to him. Because you know I love a good list. Yes. Yeah. Here are some ways Jason has reportedly been killed over the years. Fuck yeah. In no specific order. In no specific order. <laughs> okay. Actually, kind of in order. All right, all right. All right. Hit with a machete on numerous occasions. Gets a machete through the skull slash eye. Dragged down to Camp Crystal Lake and torn up by a boat propeller. Fuck yeah. Blown to bits by the FBI. <laughs> Dragged to hell after being stabbed by Jessica Kimball with a magical dagger. Riddled with bullets and blown to pieces. Disintegrated upon being pushed through Earth's atmosphere. And toxic waste in a Manhattan sewer ate away his body. Oh, God, yeah, those Manhattan sewers. (laughs) But alas, he also gets resurrected multiple times by way of Lightning Bolt, a girl with telekinetic powers, a submerged power cable. (laughs) And this is where I'm going to leave us today. Obviously, this is only a part of Jason's full life story, but there isn't enough coffee in the world to get us through it all in one episode. So I apologize to any of the hardcore Jason fans out there that I wasn't able to get all of his history. So if you want to fill in the blanks um, and get all the juicy deets, you can set aside a quick 18 to 20 hours and watch Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th Part 2, Friday the 13th Part 3, Friday the 13th, the final chapter. (laughs) Friday the 13th, the new beginning. Friday the 13th, part six, Jason lives. Friday the 13th, part seven, the new blood. Friday the 13th, part eight, Jason takes Manhattan. (laughs) Jason goes to hell, the final Friday. Jason X, a fan favorite, and oh, don't forget about that timeless classic, Freddy versus Jason. Final sips? commercials, you know, when it's like, buy this album of all these things, and it includes... (laughs) And I just pictured, like, the slow motion of Jason turning, and then, like, it listing another movie. And they, like, go up and scroll. That's not even... I mean, there are comic books. There's... I mean... Oh, everything. Yeah. He's got a pretty lengthy resume. Yes, resume, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, uh, I, I appreciate you listening because I spent hours of my life researching this. That it, I will never get great. back. Uh, <laughs> I have never seen a, a Jason movie. Mm. I know, so I need to watch. And I waited because I I knew you were doing Jason, so I wanted to hear the story first. It was kind of cool to see it. your like face put things together yeah because yeah. I like you know I know who he is I've heard things I see stuff but I've never sat and watched m- the movies so it's neat now I will I will go watch them it's I on the a, list for Halloween I had a friend that made us watch them like like we all like he was uh the older dude in our group of friends who like would buy all the alcohol when we all hung out ah. and he was like yeah come on over like whatever and then he's like he stopped a party to make us watch it was either Jason or Nightmare on Elm Street and then he like made <laughs> us sit and watch all of those so it was like we were all like cool we were all just hanging out he also didn't like if we talked during the movie and I was like what but Jay- it's hilarious like, you get hilarious. it yeah. and literally I mean as you heard it's kind of the if you've seen one like, one through four is kind of all the same. Right. Five is when it kind of gets a little different because you meet Tommy later in life mm-hmm. um, at Pinehurst. That's actually the fifth movie. Oh, okay. And then we went back. Yeah. What's it going to hold back? And I, you know, spared you guys, like, 
five movie. It was so <laughs> that so was so good. thorough. Yeah. yeah, I'm so curious where all the weapons came from because it was like every time you'd say something, it was like a different just, weapon. I know, and I thought about that, <laughs> What's but happening? it's it's kind of just because they're on like random property with gardening sure. things and barn things all over the place so it's like I did really want him whatever. to have like this secret compartment in his outfit where he's like and now I'm gonna use this well, why don't you no, write the 13th <laughs> write another oh, I guess yeah. I'm gonna write the 13th write. one there you go oh no that's oh, so funny no. okay um okay, my final my final sip is dude have sex wherever you want uh just keep just you know check your six like you know like, you just check your six before you 69. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Although 69 is a great position to make sure you can keep an eye on True. Yourself. You can, someone, you can keep a or lookout don't. both directions. Both directions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, my final sip is. Don't matter what your size is. You can go to space. You can. You can go to Manhattan. <laughs> you can go anywhere. Don't matter. Jeez, what you take who you are, what you look like, how what your size is. You can um, be quick. You can be quick and, and quiet. Quick Ooh, and quiet. That's what he was. And giant. And giant. Quick and quiet and giant. Hmm. The kid's version of Jason. <laughs> is that that's <laughs> the book? The book. <laughs> Got it. Pop it's up a, figures. It's yeah, it's all illustrations. <laughs> yeah. But what's all the blood? Is it like furry? Like you can pet the book? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you can. Um, like holographic, like the rainbow fish. And then when his masks gets when his mask gets removed, you can like touch his face. <laughs> I'm sure it's great. My final sip is you can you can reason with anybody, right? So this guy is like crazed killing people like all over the place it's like not I mean okay I guess reason isn't the right word but like I'm just I guess I'm just impressed by how like Tommy and uh there's so many names my brain eludes me the other girl were able to um stop like him stop for him second. for a second and like you know use some psychology to try to do it like I don't know just when things seem like they can't get any worse like maybe you can you still have your brain you can still try to Talk your way out of things. Mm, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I'm getting a little convoluted, well, but there he goes. No, no. <laughs> At the very least, you shock him. Because that's what I I pictured in my head where I don't I I don't know. I mean, I have to watch the movies, but like I'm not sure if it actually worked or if it was more like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Why are you dressed like my mom? That's What's so happening weird. right now? I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so funny. You just had a moment. You gave you give people a moment to pause. There's a game, there's a video game, Undertale. So there's this whole point of the game where you can play two ways. You can either fight or act his action, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So um, you can fight, but then the game goes a completely different direction. What they want you to do is not fight, even though it's set up that way. You act instead, and it's like tasks and things in the game, like, progresses, but you don't kill anybody. So you can totally get through without killing anybody, but, like, it's just a different... There's just another way. You can get through life without killing anybody. You You can. Yeah, and you can, like, there's just... You can totally harm people without killing anybody. You can just fuck him up on the inside where it counts. Where? I mean, Jason did fuck him up on the inside. He impaled them. Literally, inside. Took their insides to their outsides. That's what mm. happens when you're facing Jason. Facing Jason. It's fun to say. That is fun. <laughs> on that, on that note, thank you all for joining us on another amazing morning. Espresso shot. Have a murder you like to talk about over coffee? 
We would love to hear about it. Email us at morningmurders at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Morning Murders. In today's show notes, you can find our cited research as well as a few of our favorite mental health resources. I'm Mrs. Nesbitt. As Herbert Mullen would say, silence. silence. Yeah. As RuPaul would say, <laughs> silence. As who else? <laughs> Bring back my, my girls. girls. As Bring Ted Bundy back. would say, Bring back murder my girls. girls. <laughs> murder my mur. <laughs> I mean that His whole... sister mom. Mom. Oh, His sister, sister mom. mom. Sister. <laughs> Well, what did I call uh, Leatherface's dad? Oh, brother, brother, grandpa. <laughs> brother, grandpa. I saw a shirt the other day that was Leatherface and the girl. And he's like holding her, and it says "Kiss the Cook." Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like wearing an apron. Yeah, I don't know. It's ridiculous. Uh, he has a butcher. Did he cook people? Yeah, they did. He's yeah. a butcher. Yeah, they needed to be. They, um, they, they uh, ate. They ate people because they couldn't, they were poor. Oh, it's people! It's people! Hired a new chef named... Chef? Chef. Chef. It's past Chef-ty. Past <laughs> The next morning, Jeff and Sandra sneak off to Sea Camp Crystal Lake, but get caught by Jeff... Deaf- <laughs> I can't say Deputy Winslow. Deputy! Deputy. Deputy. Ready to kill some people? Always. So that's all that's gonna happen to over the next people. hour. Get cozy. I got nine pages. Fuck yeah! I love these long episodes. When you when you were talking about the just the amount how he got how Ted got away so many times, mm-hmm. I, I had to like lay down. I, I, <laughs> I literally went. I literally went like, <sighs> you gotta be absolutely kidding me. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. I love that we. This this month we talk about the most uh, like charming people partnered with some of the least charming goofballs, and that's our our special shots are like the opposite. <laughs> he is big idiot. Yeah. Ain't nobody gonna get coffee with Leatherface. No. <laughs> Why not? Don't judge a book by its cover. Although in this case, he maybe. has interchangeable covers. So ah, well, that's they're other people's covers. Kabuki. Yeah. It makes me think of, like, in school, you had to get book covers for your books. Yeah. yeah. That's him. That's Leatherface. That's Leatherface. Speaking of covering your face. I think that's what made me start liking to um, wrap gifts. I really enjoyed wrapping my books. Mmm. In a weird way. All right. Oh, anyway. I had heard about that. Um, people wrapping their, instead of using a book cover, they just wrap it in wrapping paper? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, we would sense. use, like, um, like brown paper bags. Right, yeah. And then we would just... Wrap it up, and then I could, like, color and draw whatever Aww. crazy shit. That's smart. I mean, I was a really bad artist, but some of my cool friends had cool shit. <laughs> You're and I remember being like, I don't have money for, like, the fancy slipcover ones. Right. Oh, yeah. the books. And my parents were like, fuck you and make one out of a paper bag. I just, uh. Respect. Um, they were cool. I just didn't do my homework, so I never touched the book. So. Uh, Amen. <laughs> I, I did get those, the like stretchy ones yeah. for that, and then I made them into purses. Oh, oh. Yeah. that's classic. That's Guys, I, I miss trapper keepers that would zip. But I uh, that would zip. Oh yeah. yeah. I have one of those closing clipboards for work, and it gets closed. But I'm like, can I make a trapper keeper? 
Yeah. Those were dope. I definitely had those binders because, yeah, you mm-hmm. could just throw everything in there. The 90s yeah. are coming back. Lisa Frank is coming back. It's Lisa Frank happen. didn't I feel like go anywhere. Did. You know, you're <laughs> right. Around. You're right. Okay. Lisa. All right. We're getting off Are we ready to, are we ready to start Come now? Come on up. 